Welcome to Secrets from the Saddle podcast. I'm Sylvie Daou, your host, fellow cyclist, bike club founder, cycling coach, bike race junkie, just truly super passionate about cycling. My journey with cycling started 20 years ago when I opened a spin studio, started a women's race team, and founded a women's only cycling club called Cycle Fit Chicks. I'm super thrilled to reveal all aspects that make the world of cycling operate. I'm so excited to be able to bring you interesting people from around the world, pro cyclists, recreational cyclists, coaches, event organizers, bike shop owners, everything and everyone you need to know or ever wondered about when it comes to cycling. I know you'll enjoy this episode. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Secrets from the Saddle, all things cycling podcast with your host, Sylvie Daou, and I am super excited to have back Alex Quesito, who we spoke with back in April 12th of 2021. It was episode 56. I highly recommend going back to that episode and watching it on our YouTube channel. By the way, while you're there, please follow um, or subscribe and put your notifications on so you don't miss another episode. Um, He was getting ready to bike again across the United States. So since then, it's been over a year and a half. He spent a year biking around the United States, and then he headed over to Europe where he spent six months. And now he's back in his garage in Florida on his parents' (laughs) garage, um, fixing his bike. And it's kind of like a full circle as to where we started with our first episode to now him being back. And we're going to be talking to him about his bike touring um, experience. And I I just, I don't even know where to start, but let's get into the episode. And I hope you guys enjoy this. So Alex, I, I want to welcome back to the podcast. It was episode 56 that you, that I interviewed you back in April of 2021. Wow, that was April. Yeah. <laughs> so it's been like April, like that year. And then, then I, so I was just saying that um, I did a little opening for you and that you spent the last year and a half riding your bike, essentially. Yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah. So, so friends, like listeners, you have to tune in on our YouTube channel to, to get us because we've got Alex back in his parents garage he's got a bike he's got his bike behind him he's actually in the process of fixing or fixing her up (laughs) yeah and but we're gonna get into like alex i just want to i'd love to hear um because when we when i interviewed you i think you were getting very close to leaving because you were packing up and you were kind of getting everything together um testing things out you had already cycled a fair amount before yeah and then you're getting ready to go out again so tell us about because like you spent you said a year cycling around the united states yeah so i think when we talked i i'd cycled for six months and that was 22 states and oh. I, yeah, I still had 27 states to go. So I left Florida and then biked up to Maine uh, and then biked to Alaska uh, and then down to California and then back to Florida. And okay, so that- okay, okay, stop. You done like, yeah, I just went to kind of Maine and I went yeah. to Alaska. Okay, like, <laughs> seriously, I remember seeing you in Alaska. So yeah. Like, okay, if anybody could, you could go on to Alex's socials and, and just check out all the videos. You don't have to do that right now, but you should after, cause they're pretty cool. Um, but tell us like how, like, I, I don't even know what first question to ask. Like when you spend that much time on your bike, like, yeah, I, I don't know the first thing to say there's, there's so- <laughs> There's so much. Uh, 
yeah, I just, I think just Alaska had always been this crazy dream of mine. And uh -huh. just when I stepped foot there, it was actually just like a crazy way that I got there because it happened at the end of August, 2021 and COVID was kind of still an issue. So I couldn't bike through Canada. So I had to take oh a- Oh my God. Ferry. Yeah, I had to take a ferry from uh, Bellingham, Washington to one of the Southeastern, um, uh, I, not an island, but like the Southeast section of Alaska. Uh, oh man, it's embarrassing that I can't remember the name of the, of the city. Well, what's Cape, is it? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's I, I can't. I can't remember, but it wasn't in the main part of Alaska. It was in the Southeast. And uh, yeah, I got off there and then the plan was to get on another ferry, but then it sounded like Canada opened its borders. So I got, the, <laughs> I got tested, vaccinated, and then I got to the border and then they would let me through uh, because I had, they said I had to take an additional test. Just this whole, they need, uh, it basically culminated in me having to bike to Whitehorse in 24 hours, which would have been impossible. Um, so yeah, so I ended up hitching a ride with some people who also didn't want to go to Whitehorse. Um, and then we just had to be out of the country by midnight. So they dropped me off at the border and it was just, you know, that was like the realization, like I'm in Alaska, like I'm no longer in the lower 48. I'm in a completely different world. And, uh, it was, it was just, I don't know. And that was state for number 49 for me, which was my mm -hmm. goal. And, you know, just like the realization that all these things are coming together, like the dream of being in Alaska, finishing the quest for 49, you know, all of that stuff was just kind of, uh, kind of like heavy at that moment, you know, and then, and then the next week it just proceeded to rain like every day. And then the dream <laughs> in Alaska? Died, like, yeah, it just rained constantly. I mean, the dream died pretty quickly. Uh, <laughs> okay. I've been here, checked it off. Yeah. Uh, now I need to head. So yeah. I guess you didn't spend too much time there. Well, so after that week of rain, uh, I got to Denali and I had this Denali National Park and I had this plan. I wanted to get into Denali, bike all the way to the end. They have this fancy hotel there. I just wanted to eat a, a huge expensive steak while looking, <laughs> home, while looking terrible and then, and then take the bus back out. But when I got there, now, the day before I got there, this big landslide hit and closed like 80% <gasps> of the road. And then when I got there, it snowed and then closed the remaining 20%. And then I think that was the point where I just said, I think I'm done with Alaska. I don't need this anymore. <laughs> so I left while in the middle of a snowstorm. I just felt so horrible. I found this, this like set of fancy cabins on the side of the road. They had one left and I, I gladly took it and I ate some gourmet meal that they had. And then the next day, it was finally clear. It was a blue sky. The weather was good. And I saw, I remember I was just riding and I saw these mountains that I hadn't seen for days because it was so foggy. And I just like stopped oh. and I asked this person, I was like, what, what is that over there? And he's like, that's Denali Mountain. It's so big. How'd you not know that? And I just... I was in shock. And then like, you know, the, the rest of my experience there was just unbelievably amazing after that. <laughs> oh, wow. I know seeing the mountains is unbelievable. Like we went, we drove across the United States and we were, we were heading into Montana to go up to Calgary and we were looking forward to seeing the whole mountain range. But that, that time there's that big forest fire and it was so smoggy you couldn't even see like 20, you know, 20 miles ahead. Like Man. you couldn't yeah. see anything. I was like, yeah. oh, no, this sucks. Like you, yeah. you couldn't even see the Rockies from Calgary. Like it was, and you couldn't go outside because um, they had a warning for air quality. Man, that really sucked. Yeah. Anyways, I know That's what you mean. Place. There's yeah. like, you're just waiting for it and you're like, well, yeah. that's good. I'm glad you saw that before you left. Yeah, yeah, I was too. I just, um, it started off really bad, but uh, it was probably best that way. It made me appreciate more all the stuff that happened later. Yeah, it, I'd say Alaska was my favorite state, so I, it worked out pretty well. Oh, God. So then, what you did you proceed to go through Canada and then back into Washington? 
No, so I got down to Anchorage, and by then it was. Oh, uh, you're that high up. I think yeah. Anchorage is like kind of the mid yeah, section, is it? Yeah, it's all the way in the south south mm -hmm. part. So I just did the full the loop, the Alaskan Highway loop, and uh, it just got pretty late at that time, and I didn't really want to deal with the borders again. So I just took a flight back to Portland, in Oregon, okay. and because I wanted to go down to California because I'd only, I biked there for like three days and I didn't really care for it, but people told me to give it another chance. So <laughs> I did, and I'm glad I did because I biked along the coast up to the Redwoods to Yosemite and Death Valley. And it was just North California is unbelievably amazing, amazing place. Uh, yeah, I, I really loved it there a lot. Oh. So maybe there's a possibility of moving there now. <laughs> I mean, you've seen almost every, well, you've seen every state. You must have a now a favorite, which, which is your favorite. Okay. A lot besides Alaska. Yeah, that's tough. I, it's like the number one question people ask. Uh, oh man, it's hard. I mean, Alaska is my favorite for sure. I'd say Montana is up Montana and Wyoming. I love mm. Colorado. Uh, Michigan is a sneaky favorite for me. Oh yeah, eh? the Upper Peninsula, anyway, of Michigan. I, I really love it there. Uh, Utah, oh yeah, Utah is just an adventure. So an adventure. anything north, kind of like skirting Canada. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, I just think that people there love the outdoors and like, oh, and like yeah. just do whatever they can to like promote it and invest in it and just protect it and I don't know I just I love being around that area and those people yeah I found Michigan like myself I've just uh, dabbled going in there and and meeting people and doing some uh, gravel events and uh, they are just um, really really nice and yeah. certainly make you want to go back that's for sure yeah um, so all right so the U.S. one. So was the full year like? Did I interview you in the middle of your full year ride? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So you had another. Okay, you did six months. Yeah. I thought it was like a year after I taught. I'm just like, just a second. That doesn't count. Uh, yeah, it was. If you add in, if you add Europe to it, then then it would. Then it was a whole other year after I talked. But yeah, the 49 states was one year. I, I think it was 360s. 368 days so basically a year uh so but yeah there was a, a break in florida when we talked and then a break in pennsylvania when i got to maine where i have other family so but 368 days on the road cool so now okay alex i've got to ask you how do you keep going and how do you keep like where's the money come from i have to ask oh i know you I'm... worked a lot and saved yeah yeah that was, yeah, I did work a lot and I saved and that's where most of it honestly comes from. And I've stopped and did a few jobs here and there. So when I stayed in Florida, I worked at an Amazon warehouse and then back in Pennsylvania, just a few odd jobs here and there. So. Okay. But, what kind I mean, of odd jobs? Uh, just like uh, house repair and stuff, installing, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, just like, uh, what was the last job I did? Like, oh, uh what is this called a floating vanity in a bathroom and like the uh, floor no like a vanity Ceiling. just like a where you have the sink and all that stuff oh okay um, like a, a yeah yeah i, I don't know just, just like different woodworking kind of like shelving and stuff like right. that just simple stuff for people that i know who need an extra hand but it's it's not none of it's really a lot of money it all really just go comes from savings and any money I make just goes to the daily <laughs> daily budget that I have, like when bike touring, which is really low, uh, honestly. So what is your daily budget? Uh, this last one I'd say was the best. It was I was around twelve euros a day, is what I was doing. Okay, so got, in the United States before we're we're talking Europe says so in a second. Uh, the, yeah, yeah. Uh, the United States, I probably wasn't at I wasn't hitting that full stride yet. So it was probably more like 15 to 20 dollars probably a day was much really? higher than i wanted really yeah 15 yeah. to 20 dollars yeah how can you eat on 15 to 20 dollars 
three meals? Oh, no, it's so easy. Once you one, I mean, if you, one pound of rice costs probably like a dollar, maybe sometimes. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. That'll go for, for like four days. And then, I mean, raw fruits and vegetables are pretty cheap. I mean, when you go to a grocery store and you buy one onion and one cucumber and that's it. I mean, that's pretty much like less than a dollar right there. You get looks <laughs> when you're paying with a credit card for something like that. But it's the food, the food. I actually got pretty good at like the food. It was just, I wasn't comfortable yet with, uh, with wild camping in the U.S. So that's probably why that was so high, higher than I wanted it to be. I probably stayed at more campsites than I wanted to and, uh, and you know, other stuff like that. So. But I think that's something that I got better at after the American tour. Are you just talking like feeling comfortable camping, like, you know, at, at like um, behind churches or just, just off any, the just, side of the road? Just off the side of the road or a trail or maybe somebody's property or a farm mm -hmm. or something like that. I think it was just, or just, you know, trying to find something at night. Uh, yeah, it just kind of, it takes a while to get comfortable with that. And maybe, you know, especially in some parts of the U.S. So it wasn't something I was quite good at. But, uh, <laughs> some parts but, of the U.S. I, yeah. I yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I'm, I was pretty happy with this last tour, how, how much better I got at that. Hey, Gravel Riders, are you new to the sport and had a fantastic summer exploring and getting to know gravel rides? and now you put together a kick-ass 2023 gravel event schedule, but you're not quite sure where to start with regards to training, staying, and keeping fit over the winter? Well, if that's the case, this might be the program for you. It's my 20-week winter online road cycling skills program. It's geared towards people just like you who are looking for ways to properly train over the winter. Hi, my name is Sylvie Deu, a Level 3 cycling performance coach, bike club founder, and online cycling coach. I put together a killer 20-week online cycling skills program that runs from now till April. And here's what the schedule includes. Cycling skills, hills, climbing, pedal stroke efficiency, intervals, endurance base building, everything you need to maintain and build a solid fitness base for the spring. Workouts are scheduled and planned, which takes all the guesswork out of how and what to train. It's all you need to do is really show up and absorb all the material. Here's why it's such a great program. Our current clients are already enjoying amazing fitness gains in such a short amount of time. And this could be you. How it works, you sign up for a monthly subscription that is only $49 Canadian. What you get for this low rate of only $49 is the most comprehensive winter coaching program on the market. You get access to online coaching from a level three performance coach, which is me, weekly uh, cycling skills sessions, which is on Thursday, which include pedal stroke, hill climbing, and this session is also recorded. On weekends, we are set up with an endurance-based building group ride on Swift, Tuesday night interval sessions on Swift, where we focus on sprints and speed, and also putting together all of our skills and techniques that we learned. This program is goal driven. We have clients who are looking with simple goals of just keeping fit, getting faster, and a lot of us are looking to ride 100K by April. This program is great for all time zones. But don't wait another moment to get involved in this program and it's the best $49. Don't wait another moment to get involved in this program. It'll be the best $49 a month you've ever spent on training. And if you've ever been looking for a cycling coach, which I encourage you to go Google, $49 is a super affordable rate for what you're going to get. We have a supportive Facebook group with chat rooms for our training rides, access to an actual coach, plus you'll gain the knowledge you need to improve your cycling form, skills, and technique. Go to 
www.cyclingskillspro.com. That's cyclingskillspro.com for more information and to register today. Take advantage of all the benefits this program has to offer for an amazing deal of only $49 a month. Don't wait another week to get on track to training smarter, not harder this winter. And a bonus for you guys, use the code GRAVEL to get 20% off. 20% off your first month. I think, you know, that was a huge improvement for me. Right. So talk about that. Cause I want to know, like, I, I, I can imagine. So being comfortable, but when you're talking about like, is it because you've heard stories or like you just sort of like your own comfort zone or you just didn't yeah. find the right spot or. Yeah, I think it's just your own comfort zone. I think you're just in the beginning, you're looking, it has to be the perfect spot, right? Is, is what's in your head. It's like, yeah, I want flat grass with nobody <laughs> around for like miles um, on, a not, on, a, on a public area that's not private and no animals and shelter. And it's just the, the obvious truth there is like, that just doesn't happen, especially <laughs> at the time when you're looking to settle i mean you always find that spot at like noon while you're riding but who's gonna stop you're not gonna stop at noon so mm -hmm. uh it just doesn't happen that way and so you know when i got toward the end you just realized i just realized like the budget was too high and it's because i kept wanting to stay at like campsites and then you know i think i remember like the first night i just i was sitting on a bench like trying to find somewhere to stay and then i just realized like what's bench is pretty nice <laughs> so I just laid down there and I fell asleep and then I was like and I think people walked past me that whole time of day and nothing happened and, you know that it's just funny that that kind of changed everything from that point and then it just slowly progressively got more and more um just what took it even further you know I think one day I just it was so late and I, the other thing is like when it's late and you're tired you'll pretty much just risk anything yeah. at that point yeah. when I slept on a farm in Germany I like realized too I'm really I could get in trouble here but you know what I really don't care because I'm so tired and then you wake up and everything's fine I think that's the key is you just do it and when you wake up and everything's okay it just kind of makes you like more braver for like the next the next one that you do and you just kind of keep pushing it yeah but, but that to me is like where the biggest savings came from because there came a point where I just spent zero dollars. My budget for lodging was zero dollars after that point. And, you know, that's that's so huge rather than paying like 15 or 20 euro for for a camp spot or something. Yeah, because that's like what, 20 dollars U.S. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's basically the same. Yeah. Cool. So. All right, so you got $10 a day, so you spent $3,000 for traveling around the United States. For the States is probably more like 15 or 20 US dollars a day. Okay. Because I wasn't quite, yeah, I wasn't quite, quite wasn't quite there with the, with the wild camping just yet. <laughs> well. I don't know. There's a lot of stories from the United States. Well, a lot of stories in general, actually. I can, yeah. I can, yeah, kind of feel it too. So now you came back to Florida and then I know that you were talking, I wasn't sure if you're going to go to the, to Europe, cause it was kind of like a big question mark. What, what made you just decide to head on over? Cause I was like, oh my God, he's in Europe. Whoa. <laughs> Well, honestly, I was, I was done touring after, after I came back home, I just kind of figured I was done because at that point Europe was still closed. So, oh. uh, so yeah, I was just, uh, I injured my back. So I was just kind of in like rehab mode at that point. And, uh, then when I got better, mm -hmm. I was just kind of finding, thinking of ways to resume normal life. And mm -hmm. then I saw like somebody was like, people were biking in Europe and I was like, wait, how's that possible? I don't understand. And then I like started Googling Europe travel and, uh, slowly the countries were opening up. You know, I think at that point it was like, was it just like March and like maybe half the countries were open. And then I was reading about the countries I wanted to go to. And they all said that they were going to be open in like the next coming up months. And then it was just like, it was eating away at me. It was like, man, I, you know, that was my, 
that was the reason why I started all of this was to go to, I even bought a ticket to Scotland uh, back in 2020 and to go back to like normal life and like not cross that off the list when it's like right there, just didn't feel right at all. So I just, I decided like, you know, I'm just gonna go for it. And then um, I went ahead and I bought a ticket to Sweden and landed there and then six months later, I came back. <laughs> I know everybody that I know who have, who had travel plans back then, who like, you know, put all their flights on hold, like Air Canada's like, okay, you've got to use this and by the end of the year. So yeah, <laughs> it was that's what like, yeah, that's the exact same thing I got. Luckily, I still had the credit from the last flight. And yeah. I, just, I just used it on that flight and that was good. <laughs> oh, okay. So talk about Europe. Because Europe, I mean, there's so many people backpacking around there and yeah. there's cyclists and cycling is so predominant everywhere yeah. um, and accepted. So yeah, talk about your, so talk about like where you started and like just kind of your trip and like the, the countries that you saw. Yeah, so I started in, uh, in Sweden. Uh, no, I landed in Norway. Oslo, Norway. And uh, it was like a three day bike ride into Sweden. And then from Sweden, I biked all the way down to the to the southern coast. And that was in uh, the end of May. And what everybody told me when I got there is you're here way too early because it was pretty cold still. And it rained. I never had two days where it didn't rain. So I just constantly was getting hit by rain. Oh, and it was cold. And uh, yeah, just, I mean, it was a, it was a real rough start, but again, like I still had days where it was just like unbelievably beautiful and the people in Sweden were so kind and the outdoor there was just so amazing. Uh, I really loved it. Other than the rain, like it was, I really loved it a lot. Um, yeah. And then I uh, took the ferry from Sweden into Denmark, went down from Denmark into Germany, into Berlin. Yeah. And then Ooh. from Berlin, I went up to the Netherlands into Amsterdam, the bicycle capital <laughs> of the world, they say. And is uh, it? Yeah, I've been dreaming. I like rode through like massive garages just filled with bicycles. And whenever you go to a train station, the parking lots, they have like bicycle lots and they're just jam packed with bicycles. And uh, I was like dreaming of biking there for so long. And when I got there, I was just so nervous because you're pretty much just biking with like a thousand other cyclists. And, you know, they're not they're not racers. They're just like regular people going to work, going to the store, going to see a friend, going to the restaurant. And they know everything that they need to do. Like they know where like when to make their turn. They know how to signal. And I'm just like terrified the whole time. Like. <laughs> I just like, I like I would just skip my left turns because I didn't know how to stop with like 500 people behind me. Um, but it was oh. it was so amazing to see a city pour so much time and effort and money into uh, such a good biking infrastructure. I mean, it was amazing. Like they have lights, they have paths everywhere. They have paths going from city to city you know, not just inside the city, but like going from, you know, one city to the, to a city that's like 30 miles away. You're, you're on bike path the whole time. It's just, it was, it was so nice. I, I think Germany, the Netherlands and Belgium, the biking infrastructure in those three countries was just so unbelievably amazing. Like surreal. Then you yeah, come back like, here. You're like, yeah, I know. It's just like, <laughs> I just, we can never get to that point, but it, it would be, it's nice to dream. Like it's, <laughs> It's so amazing, but, but yeah, and Amsterdam was, was great. And uh, then I took a ferry up to the UK and then biked to the top of Scotland, uh, which was unbelievably amazing. Scotland is such an amazing place. Okay, I what really makes it so amazing? You could go on to stretches where it's just complete desolation. Like I had like a three day stretch where I didn't see anybody. And I was just like in the, like, and it was just all gravel. Uh, and you're just in like the mountains and the hills and it's so green 
And uh, I just, it's so beautiful and just so quiet, you know? I feel like, <gasps> you know, there's so many places that we have that are beautiful, but they're just like filled with people. I just, it seems like Scotland has been keeping all this beauty like a secret and nobody knows about it. I, I don't know. I don't know how they have it like that, but it was just so amazing to be. And just, you saw so much history there too. It was just, it was so cool. I really loved it there. It, it was, I had like some really low moments because just like it's pouring <laughs> rain and it's cold and I keep getting ticks, but uh, it's just like the highest moments there too. Are you it's, saying ticks? Ticks like, yeah, yeah like the bugs. bug ticks? Yeah, really? I probably, yeah, I pulled out so many there. Yeah, because they just have all so much swamp or boggy, uh, <laughs> swampy lands there, just high grass and wet. It's just like perfect for. Oh, is it because you're biking through that? Yeah, you're biking and walking and sleeping in it. So, yeah. Oh, you didn't bring any <laughs> home, did you? <laughs> no, I, I, pulled, I, I pulled them all out. It, was, it came like you were just doing a tick check every morning and every night. So, but. Ah! but oh, yeah, I, I know some people like squirming in their seats right about now. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I never pull a tick off myself until Europe. So it, that was a new experience. But after like the third or fourth one, it's just like, it just becomes routine. <laughs> I suppose it could be worse. It could be like mosquitoes surrounding you all the time. buzzing. Uh, no, they don't have, they have mosquitoes, but they're not bad. It's the midges that they have that are terrible. What's when that? See, like black They're eyes? like these tiny, tiny bugs. And they're, they swarm in packs of like, thousands it seems and they're just impossible to keep off of you and they oh they're they're so rough and they're so small that's the problem so you can't it's impossible to keep them out of your tent just they get in there and then they bite you for for hours and they're god they're just really tough to be around they're always around the locks or the the lakes when you sleep by the lakes <laughs> they're just they're always there you're like so, yay a beautiful lake oh yeah okay, and no yeah lakes. you're getting swarmed <laughs> yeah everybody was warning me about the midges for years and like you, they just you can't do it justice until you're being attacked by one in your tent <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh wow so okay talk about low moments like in those three days when you like you don't see anybody for so long how do you feel about that? Like, is oh, it good? Yeah. Is it a good feeling? Is it, or do yeah. you feel like, God, I wish I had someone to it's talk to? It's weird in the beginning. Uh, I had a couple of those uh, stretches in Sweden. So I was kind of being introduced to it. And like when I came out of the woods after like a two day stretch and I saw some people like a campsite and I actually stayed there, I just like came out and like, I was like, oh my God, like people, how are you? They were just all like confused. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think after a while, you just, you kind of get used to it. And you just really, if the scenery is like really nice and beautiful, I don't know. To me, it just kind of makes it so much better. Just the quietness and it's just, you have it all to yourself, you know? Um, so when I got to Scotland, it just, it was great. You know, I, I wasn't completely alone. I guess I, I was surrounded by herds and herds of sheep. So <laughs> I, I constantly had sheep to talk to. So that, uh, I guess, yeah, that was one thing. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I just, I don't know. It was kind of a beautiful thing, really. Yeah, you you just, say like a euphoric, like kind of, you know, you just like in constant awe of like everything that you're taking in. Yeah, that's kind of what it was. I would just be riding and then I'd just stop and just look and like, wow, that is like the biggest hill, you know, I've ever seen. And, um, or you just look at the road and you could see it go for like another two miles, just winding into the hills and the, and the mountains. And when it wasn't raining, like, I, it's just like the greenest grass. It's, yeah. And when you're near like the locks and the rivers and it's just just makes it so amazing yeah mm -hmm. and have it all to yourself like like i said we have so many beautiful places here in the u.s but a lot of times you go to them and they're just completely filled with people it's kind yeah. of hard to really appreciate them um so when you're out in all of that it's yeah it's just it's kind of mind-blowing <laughs> wow 
So you came home a little early. Yeah. Can you talk about that. Yeah, I just, uh, so my original plan was to, you know, get to Sweden. Uh, my, my dream was to get to Kyrgyzstan, which is in Asia. So oh. yeah, it's You're like, in Asia. Uh, it's near Kazakhstan. Like, so oh, Kazakhstan. It's east, yeah. It's east of the black sea and, uh, okay. near Mongolia. Okay. It's, uh, yeah. It's, if you look at it, like it's one of the best bike packing countries in the world. I've seen so many videos of pictures of people. Oh, in Mongolia? Like, uh, well, in, in, in Kyrgyzstan and it's just, it's unbelievably beautiful. Um, so yeah, that was my goal was to get there, but it just, you know, it wasn't in the cards for me. I don't think. Well, you need um, something else to do, Alex. Like, yeah, <laughs> your next, the next chapter. That's right? true. Yeah, it's always <laughs> the next chapter. But uh, yeah, I just, I think by the time I got to Albania, I just like had, I was just having so many issues with gear and with the bike, with me physically. <laughs> I probably could have dragged myself, you know, the rest of the miles, but I just don't think it would have been very enjoyable. You know, I was just, uh, my tent was leaking at that point. I was oh. sewing everything. Like the thing I used the most to like fix stuff was probably my sewing kit. And I was just like fixing everything with this, even my tire, like with a needle and thread. And, uh, you know, funny, I think the breaking point for me was like, it was pouring rain and I went to put on my sunglasses um, just because I couldn't, stuff was getting in my eyes. And I went to put them on and the the ear whatever the the thing that goes around your ear just broke off but it didn't even snap it just like literally just fell apart <laughs> like there was You're no like, snap that's like it, it. Just, it just like disintegrated and i looked at it and it was like just a clean break it was like the glasses said like we're, we're done like i we don't want to <laughs> and i just i don't know why but that just like killed me like it just killed all morale that I had. It was so weird. And at that point, I was just like, I literally everything I have is falling apart. Like, there is nothing. All this gear came with me from, from the United States. Mm. So it, had, it underwent like a year of touring and now it's six months of touring. And it's just, you know, it just, it just got too tiring for me, I think. Um, so, you know, I made plans to come home after Greece. And, and uh, yeah, it was disappointing, but I also think it was, it was the right call at the time oh my god how could you be disappointed with everything you've done yeah like don't be so hard on yourself holy crap. yeah no for sure for sure <laughs> so how would you say like um i guess terrain wise how does it compare to united states because you said that you're on a lots of gravel and yeah everything in in europe yeah after the states i wanted to do things completely different so i oh. I'm, I'm united states i was probably on paved road for like 90 percent probably mm -hmm. more than that probably like 95 percent of the trip and this trip i didn't i wanted to be on as much gravel as possible i wanted to be away from cars and traffic yeah. and really just be in it so for one i changed the bike so that's not the same bike that i took into the united states the, see the tires are pretty massive on it yeah and there's a there's an internal hub on the back and a carbon belt on it so it's not a normal you know, it's not oh, move out. Just shimmy over a little bit. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, it's belt driven. Yeah. Yeah. So is that better? Is that more recommended? Uh, it's just less, there's just no maintenance on it. Right. So, no derailleur work. Yeah. Yeah. There's no derailleur, no exposed gears at all. Everything is inside the hub and it's just like, yeah. When you ride through like a muddy trail for five miles, you yeah. know, it used to be the next day I'd have to wash, degrease, wash and scrub, but you don't have to do any of that with the belt drive and the internal hub. So it was so much better. Um, <laughs> so but, uh, everything besides that was where it was falling apart. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'll, I'll say, yeah, uh, there's one thing that I didn't have to worry about. It was the, the drive train. So. <laughs> oh my was, God. Well, that's my, my derailleur just fell apart on, well, I was training on Swift last night. Like, like my pulley wheel fell off okay imagine imagine that no. happening to you on a trail oh god yeah <laughs> losing the pin just, i would just cry yeah, yeah I would cry. <laughs> make it a you single just, speed and yeah pretty home. much the whole way 
so yeah, this time around, I just, um, and then I, I just, when I planned, as I was planning the route, going route to route, I just picked gravel trails and everything I planned was on as much gravel as possible. And, uh, you know, which I was looking forward to, because like I said, it took me away from traffic and stuff, but it also brought me to like some of the most beautiful, desolate places that I've ever been to. And um, yeah, I think it just made this trip so much better. I guess, and, and you got over the fear of sleeping anywhere, I guess at that sure, point. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's like absolutely. Nobody's around me besides the sheep. <laughs> yeah, honestly, yeah, after that point, after like days of that, I was just like, wow, literally nobody's here. I could just, you know, take a bath in this lake or this uh, stream or whatever, and just like nothing, you know, it's everything, everything here is mine basically. So it was, uh, yeah, just being being out there in the gravel in a gravel world like that just made it so much better so you decided to so you had to come you know, decide to cut you so talk about more about your gear because we see your bike back there okay everything yeah. but your drivetrain was falling apart so you're talking yeah. like your panniers like oh they took the biggest beating like out of everything <laughs> so how, much, just, how much did your bike weigh because uh, you I were carrying quite a bit yeah, I think I think it was around maybe was it? I think around eighty pounds. The pro I weighed like the gear separately and then the bike before I got on the plane, and I think together it was like somewhere around eighty pounds. But without that was without water and food, and I was carrying like almost a week's worth of food and you know plenty of water. So it's yeah, probably yeah. close to like ninety five, maybe close to one hundred pounds. When, when it's fully, when it has all the food and water in it. So right. it was pretty heavy, you know, and these panniers, you know, they just like, oh, the, like yeah. right before coming home, that came off. And then so if you're, you're watching this, guys, if you're, you have got to be, well, yeah. <laughs> Alice is just showing his pannier bag, which is like literally falling apart. <laughs> so the latch like broke off. And that wasn't the first time. I mean, I, I replaced, they put plastic screws on it. I don't know why. So I replaced them all with these um, steel Metal. ones. Yeah. And then I, I brought extra ones, but I've used, I used them all in like the first few months. And <gasps> but they just snap? Yeah, they just break off constantly. And um, wow. the latches broke off. So I was holding them on with zip ties that you see. <laughs> yeah, good old and zip ties. Uh -huh. Yeah, this, it's funny, like this, this um, strap broke. It just ripped right out. So this isn't even the original one. I had to like rip a strap off, off the front rack there, and then sew it to this uh, to this buckle. It was just it just kept falling apart, and it was just getting it was just getting way too much. At one point, I just I grabbed all my paracord and just just wrapped it around each bag to the rack just to kind of keep <laughs> it on there. And uh, yeah, I just me and the panniers just fought every day. Uh, I probably went through thirty. Uh, nuts and bolts like replacing the the broken the broken screws on there that would and, probably uh, drive me insane as well like oh it's, yeah yeah just yeah like, for that to be the problem like yeah it's aggregate. i mean luckily i had plenty of zip ties to fix like just any problem it seemed like but even towards the end i was running out of zip ties which was crazy to me because i started with like 40 so it's just <laughs> So yeah, they were probably the most aggravating piece of gear I had were the panniers, you know, not to mention them like, you know, ripping and then having to use my tape to keep them waterproof. But oh god, yeah. That didn't even work. There's nothing worse when you reach in your bag for your gear and it's wet, uh, you know, <laughs> after two days of rain. So but so yeah, I had plenty of trouble with that. Um, you know, my rack, I don't know if you see, but I I had a really bad crash in Switzerland and Ooh. the rack took a pretty big beating there. Yeah. Completely, it's pretty much bent on that side, which made me change how I packed some stuff there. Uh, Do you just have the pannier rack on the front? Because I don't see one on the back. Oh, I had to take it off because oh, okay. I'm actually in process of trying to fix the <laughs> rack. So. Yeah, just like everything uh, kind of went down there. But no, I just had panniers on the back, a frame bag on the top, and uh, a couple Your of bottles. 
on that rack. Yeah, and then just two small little pouches on the, on the front to, to store everything, yeah. Uh, wow, oh my gosh. Yeah. So now that you're back and uh, what does that look like for you now? Cause I know you're saying you flew into what new, you flew into New York and then yeah, you had to bike home. Uh, I flew to, I flew to New York and then from New York to Orlando and, oh man, the time, every, my, it was just so messed up. I'd say the night before I was packing, I didn't even sleep. I just was packing till 4am and then I had to carry the bike box and then my bags to the, to the train station and then switch between three trains. Then I got, to Oh the my airport. God. Yeah. With all your carry, gear. Yeah. Carrying that box. To the train was probably the hardest thing of the entire trip i'd say for, for the six months was just the 800 meter walk to the train station but uh after that uh yeah then i flew into new york on an 11 hour flight and then new york to orlando and then that's where i picked up the bike i took a three-hour nap because i like didn't sleep at all and then put the bike together and biked out of the Orlando airport. At about I remember seeing that. I've got a bike home. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. Since your dad like picked you up. He's got a truck. They wanted to. My family really wanted to. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't take it. But before, but before I went through all this terrible travel, I was like, no, nah, I want to finish biking home. But then, you know, when I was started, I was, I was, I realized how unbelievably tired I was. It was a hundred mile ride too. So it was from Orlando to Tampa. Uh -huh. and was, I started at three 30 in the morning and it was just terrible. I was so if tired. If there's anywhere you're going to like encounter lots of traffic that you probably don't want to is in Florida. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're just like, That's, I think yeah. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> yeah. Luckily at 3.30 in the morning, it wasn't too many people, so it wasn't so bad, but, and it was Thanksgiving day, so it didn't uh, seem like there was a lot of traffic out there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, I was just so tired. I, I must have, I stopped and pulled over probably five or six times just to take a nap, just so my head would be right. Yeah, and then when I got home, you know, I, I was so happy. I took a shower and then I slept. My dad said he'll wake you up for Thanksgiving dinner and he tried, but I wouldn't wake up. And I just ended up waking up the next day at like at like 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh my God. And I, and I, yeah, but it was good because I really needed that. Like I needed that sleep so badly. But but yeah, I, I that was that that's an example of me being too stubborn and just wanting to bike home and finish the trip. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why he didn't call. Just, I'm on this road, meet <laughs> me, pick me up. Yeah, that would have been <laughs> a good idea. <laughs> All right, so so what does, so now you've you've recouped, it's been a couple of weeks, and it's like two weeks now since Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. What's the plan? Like, I know you're fixing up your bike. Yeah. Like, are you gonna take some time off? Are you gonna, look for a job or you're gonna what, what's the plan alex yeah it's hard to say i i have so many backpackers are <laughs> like you can't stop yeah that's the thing I, I have so many ideas going through my head it's, it's so hard I, I ran into so many people who give me ideas and you know i've already had my own uh have, did you keep a journal right now, what's that did you keep a journal or did like a voice journal of any sort like on your uh, travels I, in the united states i kept a journal i wrote i wrote a i wrote a entry every day so i i in the end i had five books that i mailed home so i did a really good job with journaling there and uh in europe though the problem was i didn't want to mail stuff home uh -huh. so i tried to do an electronic journal but it wasn't yeah. the same as writing yeah so it only lasted for my first month and then after that i just kind of gave up on it which was a real bummer because i think the journaling part of the us was probably one of my favorite parts mm -hmm. of the bike touring so i think that's something i learned that i can't do electronic journals that's that's for sure there's no way yeah but, i've done yeah you really do need to i have 
I have journals when I traveled, oh, that was 25 years ago when I went to Asia and, and pictures and, and everything. And you just go back and you're like, oh my God, the, yeah. you know, the written part and the, the, the nonsense and the funny stuff. And you're like, oh God. But, um, I read a book and I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's called the bee and the Buddha. It's by Corey Mortensen and it's about his trot, his bike tour, a bike. I don't even call it a bike tour, but his bike across from one coast to coast. And it's so oh. hilarious. It's just so <laughs> raw and real. <laughs> and I mean, you should pick it up because it's a great example of the bee you know, and the Buddha. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'll share it with you after. Um, yeah. I'll just I'll show you the book. Um, and it's just just his his bike ride. <laughs> and and uh, you know, it's the, that's it. And it's, it's the 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 thoughts and the encounters and and I think, you know, this is probably something you should take a really keen look at. Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah, since yeah. you already have it there. Right? That's the whole thing. It's already compilated you just yeah you got the, that's true yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh there, there's your next project <laughs> write the book yeah 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 that, man i just that'd be tough i'm not really much of a writer so you've already written it you just that's, gotta put it together <laughs> it's just my crazy thoughts written down i guess that's what's crazy, crazy and yeah. that's what's fun to read yeah don't ever overthink it um sure. people love it but uh other other than that like what are you kind of like just thinking about yeah I, uh, yeah it's hard you know i i really have one i'd say i have one more tour left in me right well yeah you got to go back and do mongolia or mongolia and uh uh i don't know and so for me and it's I'm not 100% sure on it yet. The next one for me will be South America. <gasps> I'm not sure. I was just thinking like yeah. South America, like Panama and yeah, well, it's all the way to Argentina and then up to Central America would, would be the plan. Uh, I'm just not 100% sure if I will do it yet. I'm just working on the bike and I want a different oh, Alex, you have lots of time. <laughs> You can yeah. buy all new, you should buy all new gear on well, <laughs> you're going to do yeah. another one. <laughs> I'm trying to repair, I'm trying to repair what I can right now. And then once I get to that point, then I'll look at gear that has to be bought. And then this and is then what Christmas kind of, is for. That's People true. Like, yeah. Hey, Alex, what do you need for Christmas? Well, here's my list. <laughs> yeah, new tent, new pack, new everything. New yeah. <laughs> so, but. But yeah, that that would be that's the only tour that I would um would would think about doing next would be South America. So you wanna go back to Europe? I really it's I the rain, right? No, no. I actually by the end, oh man, by the end I was just laughing whenever it rained. To the end it just got really it was so sad, it was hilarious. So you're just like I, slowly I, I, losing your mind. Yeah, that's pretty much what it was. You know, there was that one point <laughs> where I just, when it stopped, I we set up the stove and I was cooking dinner in the middle of a park. And I was like, wow, this is really warm. So I took off my socks and shoes and it was just heating my hands and feet next to my stove while I was cooking pasta. And I think the people walking around just looked at me and just thought I was crazy. And then I just, I don't know, I felt really happy at that point. <laughs> Can't explain I it. I I'm going crazy. I think it's yeah. time to go home. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but no, I think uh, I, I'm just very happy with how Europe went. I did everything I wanted to do, and I was very proud with how we handled everything there. Uh, you know, I didn't have any regrets other than maybe not making it through Turkey and in Asia. But I, you know, I just think the six month Europe trip just <laughs> changed me as a bike tour. And, you know, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just very happy with how it went. And I don't think I need to go back there. There's nothing, there's nothing that I didn't do that I, that I like feel is unfinished there. So, right. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Good. So, Next time I'll go in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> Start in the I, summer. Well, yeah. actually it rained a whole lot while you're there. 
during the summer. Yeah, it did. It, well, yeah, I was in the wrong places, like in the UK, it just rains all the time, no matter what. So yeah, but uh, I, I don't know. I liked, yeah, I liked, you know, I don't know. I think all those rainy days just like gave me ideas for how to handle the rain and made me better at handling the rain. So it's, it'll be much easier in the future. And uh, yeah, there's just less people out there when it's cold and rainy. So again, <laughs> I, I have all everything to me, so yeah, I don't mind it so much. But but yeah, I just think South America would be the next would be the next one for me if I if I can make one more. Right, that would be that would be a place that I wouldn't be so comfortable right, sleeping out by yeah. myself. South yeah. America <laughs> to go. Just saying. Yeah. <laughs> but so. So now you've wrapped it up, you're back at home. Um, do you have any advice for any newbie bike packers? Because I've talked to my girlfriend who's a, no, so you're a bike tour, you're not a bike packer. I've heard that there's a two different things. Uh, I think this last trip I was a bike packer for sure. Yeah? But, yeah. Yeah, I was on more gravel. My setup was more bike packing than, than conventional touring. So, oh, okay. And, and all my routes were taking off bikepacking.com. So I'd say that that's bikepacking. <laughs> I thought it was like the, the minimalist, uh, light, super light gear, like no, no it's panniers more, kind of deal. That was the yeah, difference. Well, it's panniers. Uh, you can have panniers, but they just, uh, well, there's really no rules between it. Just that's probably like the main noticeable difference between bikepacking and bike touring is bike touring is mostly on pavement. So you, can have, oh, okay. so you can have panniers bike packing the setup is that way because you're mostly on dirt and and there's a lot of low 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 to the ground obstacles so oh, low panniers okay. on the front will get completely damaged which is why i didn't have any and mm -hmm. uh you know the only reason i had rear panniers was to fit all of my food uh so my hope is that i could change that in the future but yeah, I, I don't know. It's I guess they're really kind of the same. Bikepacking is just more out there in the middle of nowhere, gravel right. adventure, and bike touring is I guess just more pavement. I, but right. I know I try not to say either of them is better than the other. They're both kind of the same. <laughs> they're so both cool. Yeah. And regardless, so advice advice for a newbie who's who's thinking about packing up and doing a little uh, tour advice yeah i don't know it's... leading advice or or maybe um just sort of maybe something that you realize like within your gear that something's better than what you had like a, a maybe maybe a piece of essential gear that you shouldn't have or like a setup like with your phone or whatnot that you went through that really made a huge difference oh wow well i guess i don't know <laughs> i think my most used piece of gear was this like sewing <laughs> that I had. like yeah. with this needle and this sewing oh I, my god there you go guys <laughs> i'm telling you like it repairs everything like straps tent tire clothing how did you backpack. use it on your tire oh yeah so i had a big I don't know if you see where that patch is on the outside. Probably not, but um, on your on the side of your yeah, sidewall. Yeah, on the yeah. sidewall. So I had a big gash come out. It's a tubeless tire, so I had a gash there, and the sealant wouldn't seal it, and I couldn't plug it. So I had to sew it together, and then dump uh, super glue on it, and then patch it, and that got me uh. far enough till I could buy a tube to put into it and, and change it from tubeless to to uh tubed but tube. i mean yeah i ended up sewing it together in order to keep it to hold air whoa now I mean, here it, you go you can sew up and patch a tubeless tire i love it <laughs> yeah i mean it's it's literally repaired everything that i have so uh yeah i'd say that's good a dynamo if you were looking to just really be off of the off of like out of civilization a dynamo, I think, is huge. I think What's a longest, dynamo? 
So it's a generator in the hub that you can <gasps> use to charge electronic devices. I oh think... my God, that's so, okay. Can you just do a little close up of that? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh... <laughs> can you bring the phone over there? Now that's cool. Yeah, so that's- This is like, you know, back in the days when they had, um, you know, you ran like a front light off of- Yeah. Off your front wheel. Like yeah, off so the- yeah, that's the dynamo and it hooks up to this uh, USB port that will then charge electronic devices. But it also powers a front light that I have. It's the front light's not on there right now, but it also powers the front light. So- Oh my God, have- that is so cool. So is that, that's a front hub. So is, do you buy that separately and have it installed in your wheel or you buy the whole wheel and- uh, you could do either. Uh, this one, I, you just bought it and then built the built the wheel. But yeah, you can buy full full kits too. Um, but I think that for me was huge um, because just having to rely on electricity means that you got batteries come back. too. Yeah, you got to come back to normal life like every so few days. So I was proud. Mm-hmm. But the long the longest I went without without electricity was six days. I was so proud of that. I don't know why. There's really no reason. <laughs> Well, that's but, pretty good because like even even those even lights are now USB charged. Yeah, they had torches. Yeah. 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 So I made sure mine was so just, you know, throughout the day I'm charging the Garmin and mm-hmm. you have to do things to so my phone, like I just I kept it in airplane mode all day and I didn't want to use it for navigation because it killed the battery. Right. So I put all my maps on the Garmin and let that do my navigation. You know, I had a remote where I couldn't use it for listening to music or podcasts for more than two hours a day. And then there were some days where I just wouldn't listen to anything on the, on the phone just so I wouldn't suck the juice out of it. And uh, so, yeah, I just, yeah, I was just really happy. <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't have been able to disappear like that for that long if I didn't have some type of power source to, to do all that. So, so that was huge. You know, I think if you're wanting to, you know, that's, not that is huge. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, that, that's huge. Uh, what else? Yeah. I think just, if it's just really important to get comfortable with your kit beforehand. You know, when I started, <laughs> when I started the U S tour, like I changed it so many times, like it just, I was, you know, I didn't know what I wanted and, uh, I shipped stuff home so many times and then, Oh, you just sort of like, okay, I don't, I just don't need this. Yeah, I don't need that. Yeah, pretty much. By the end of it, I laid everything out and I knew like what I needed, what I didn't need, and most importantly, what I could get easily in the event that I needed it. So right. I got rid of a lot, you know, a lot doing it that way. And um, and then, yeah, just, and you know, the other thing was like, you can't mail anything home from Europe. So whatever you, this is, this is it. Like whatever you take with you has to be what you need. And if it's valuable to you, you know, you're going to have to get rid of it because I'm not mailing anything home. So. Right. Just give it away. Or yeah, I'll give it away. So, so it worked out really well. I was very happy with everything I had got used at least once, which I was happy with. Oh, that almost wasn't the case until the very end when, when my tire gave out and I had to use the tube that I was carrying around for six months. And <laughs> Wow. That, that's good advice. So, all right. Well, I guess we'll wait for your next move and see what's going on. See if you get a job or yeah, yeah. You know, to keep yourself, keep you occupied, maybe go back to Amazon uh, <laughs> fulfillment center. Yeah, it's Christmas time almost. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure they could probably use extra work, help there. <laughs> or maybe just relax for a while. Yeah, that's probably it. Try to repair what I can here and uh, see what the next step is. Wow. I want to thank you, Alex, for, because I know I've been bugging you for months. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. so when can you come on to the podcast? And I'm just like really kind of unrealistic in the States. <laughs> and the, and the, I mean, in Europe, as I see now, because you were not really yeah. close to civilization for a lot of your, your tour. Yeah, but, crazy time differences yeah that too (laughs) and but i i'm really grateful and that you were able to i'm like hey (laughs) now you're home like (laughs) 
this is way better same time zone um that you found the time to come back and give us an update as to what yes. you're doing and uh sure. you know when you do go down to um you know your next uh trip we'll definitely have to have you back on the podcast either before or maybe even during yeah, <laughs> that might be possible. Um, but thanks a lot. And I hope uh, all of our listeners here have enjoyed this episode with Alex. So don't forget to um, you can go to our YouTube, the YouTube channel um, and check out the episode 56, which is where he was in his garage like this. And he was showing us more of his pannier uh his setup for his bike before he went out on his second half of his us tour and um so that was episode 56 make sure you go back and check that one out on youtube and don't forget to also subscribe to the channel so you don't miss another episode and thanks a lot alex so appreciate you and i can't wait to watch uh you know what's going on with you in the future yeah <laughs> thanks thanks for having me thanks a lot everybody take care bye bye Thank you so much for spending this time with me on the Secrets from the Saddle podcast, learning more about sighting people, places, and things that make cycling such an exciting sport. I am so glad you stopped by today. Please leave me a review if you feel so moved to do so. I would love to hear your feedback. And if you could take one second to share this episode with someone you think would enjoy it, I would be forever grateful. Also, if you could please leave me a review if you feel so moved by going to iTunes and leaving me an honest thought and an honest comment telling me what you think and most importantly, tell me what you'd like to hear more of. It would really help me to bring more great, inspiring cycling stories to you. Until then, have an amazing day. Make sure you ride your bike. And don't forget to visit my YouTube channel if you'd like to see the full version of this podcast live.